And I actually, I loved this passage so much. Thank you, Ben, for remembering that we're supposed to be recording the sermons. Um, I love this passage a lot in Luke, and I just, I hope that I can do it justice for us this morning. And I hope that you see how radical Jesus is being and some of the things that he's doing. Um, and there's actually a, a little piece of the passage, and I'll see if you agree with me or not, but I actually think Jesus is kind of poking fun at some people, and I just like him even more for that. Um, so ho- hopefully, hopefully I do it justice. So let's read the passage, and then as I normally do, I'll go back and I'll give you my commentary and random notes. Um, Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, and we have it on the screens. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem... He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. In this man, this man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for the foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has healed you. I find this passage to be so fascinating because Jesus is doing something really important here. He is bringing three different people at three different situations that are at the margins and he's bringing them right to the center of God's economy and God's kingdom. This passage is supposed to be scandalizing and radicalizing to the systems of power. Specifically to those who think that are really, really close to God, while others are really, really far apart from God, right? So let's see if we can, if we can get there. First thing we see in verse 11 is that Jesus continues to Jerusalem. I think what the writer, in this case Luke, is trying to do is reminding us that Jesus already has a, a mission. We know what happens in Jerusalem. Jesus knows what's going to happen in Jerusalem. And I do think there is a sense in which the writer is telling us, Notice, Jesus already knows what's going to happen, and he has a plan. He is on his way to Jerusalem, right? We know what this is. This is a little bit of an Easter egg, pun intended, because it really is about Easter, right? And then he reaches a border, the border between Galilee and Samaria. And remember, this is a border town that has a lot of um, animosity, This is a border where people are not talking to each other. There is ethnic animosity, and maybe more important, there is religious animosity. The Samaritans had the presence of God in a different mount than the the Israelites did, the the Jewish did in, in this context. For the Jews, it was the Mount of Olives. That's where the presence of God is. But for the Samaritans... It was another mount, and I'm blanking out on the name, Mount Gerson, I think. But it's a different mount. So there is different locations, right? So this is an interestingly political, geopolitical fight about the location of the presence of God. And oh, how wrong they both were, right? The fight is about who owns the place 
where the presence of God resides. And what's interesting is that we have developed these entire systems of religion and religiosity that sit you closer and closer to God according to the systems and therefore excluding and relegating people further and further away from God's presence according to these systems. I find border towns to be really fascinating psychological concepts. I don't know if you've ever seen Anthony Bourdain, who I think it's, uh, uh, who was a genius, and he wrote fantastic books, and he did a series, uh, many series about travel. And one of them, in his No Reservation series, he does a piece on border towns, and I think it was specifically Tijuana in the southern border. And he, he reveals, I think, something really important about border towns. He says that border towns are, are the embodiment, from the perspective of the U.S., are the embodiment of our worst machinations and imaginations that we would not dare to do here because it's home, but we can cross the border and do them there. It is substance abuse. It is human trafficking. And I'm using a very nice word for what, what I mean. It is, it is um, engaging in all kinds of things that we would not dare to do here. But we can cross the border and kind of do it there. And then we, we can do it there, make the mess there, have them clean it up, and we can come back. Right. Border towns are interesting and borders are interesting areas where it is not one side or the other, but an amalgamation of both sides. If you've ever been to border towns in the U.S. and the southern part of the border, there's more Spanish spoken than English. In fact, the border before we had GPS coordinates for it, it would follow the river. And as you know, rivers change course. And sometimes a ranch was on the Mexico side of the border. And next month, the ranch was on the U.S. side of the border. Borders are interesting. They're porous. They're fluid. They're flexible. Borders are the end of our imaginations and sometimes the, sometimes the start of new imaginations. And here's where Jesus is. Not in the best part of the country. Not in the purest part of the country. He's not in Kansas. Right? He's in Tijuana. He's at the border. And no, no wonder that at the border, in Tijuana, in TJ, he's finding 10 lepers. Right? Again, this is, the, this is what's happening. Of course there's 10 lepers. The lepers were not allowed to be in community with people. They have been completely ostracized and marginalized in their society. For us, when we think of leprosy, when we think of their condition, we're thinking in dermatological terms, and we're thinking, oh, they have a medical condition. Mm -hmm. They did. In this time, they were thinking it was an absolutely and uniquely spiritual condition. Mm -hmm. They understood leprosy to be nothing else but the result of sin, mm -hmm. unrepented sin, or the sin of their parents or grandparents. Mm -hmm. But leprosy was always in correlation with sin. And what they would do is that they would make these lepers not be part of the community. There's a reason why they're at the border. They're in Tijuana. They're not in Kansas. They're not in Washington. They're not in Boston. They're in Tijuana. Because they were supposed to be far away and separated from the center, the epicenter of God's working with God's people in this environment. 
So then they say something, and I love it because first of all, they're ten. I love a good like band of brothers story, right? Like they're ten, they're they're, they're bros. They're gonna be relegated from society, but they're building their own community. And and I I, I respect the hustle. I respect that even in this marginalization, they're sticking together. And and I see that. And I wonder if Jesus saw that and that gave him tenderness for them. Because even in the middle of their marginalization, they found community and they made for themselves community. And then they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. I wonder if this was almost like hecklers. They were not supposed to be speaking to the rabboni, to the rabbi. You don't speak to the rabbi, especially if you're a leper. I actually don't think that they intended to receive a response from Jesus. I think they were just kind of heckling him as he's going down the street. Maybe the way that you will heckle the king of England if you're against the monarchy nowadays. Right? Dang. It was not, I don't think it was necessarily, personally, I don't think it was necessarily a real request. And here's why. Because Jesus doesn't do, unlike in other situations and in other stories, he doesn't go and touch them. Jesus, in other stories, did touch lepers. Mm-hmm. In other stories, he did uh, heal the blind by, by creating mud and, and touching them. In this story, he doesn't touch them. He says, go show yourselves to the people that keep on marginalizing you. I think he's poking fun at the Pharisaic system. I think he's saying, go show your entire body that that system thinks it's sinful and not allowed in God's presence. Go show yourself before them. At that point, they were not clean. At that point, they were entirely still sinful. And Jesus says, go. Go create a scandal. Go in your sinful and leprosy condition. Go and situate yourself right in the middle of God's working in God's kingdom. And we'll see what happens. And what happens is, when people who live at the margins, when people who live at the borders, when people who have been marginalized and ostracized by society and by religious systems, go and put themselves at the center of God's economy, God heals them. That's what happens. And they show themselves to the priests. And all of a sudden, in this group of ten that are supposed to be unclean, they are clean. And they are in. Those who are supposed to be relegated to the shady border towns, they are right in Jerusalem now. They are right there. They are worshiping God. They know who they are. They know who they belong to. They know what their identity is. And what the system that we have created, the system of oppression, even though the system was trying to push them to the sides, the working of Jesus was to grab those who were at the margins and bring them right at the center of God's purpose for them. God has never been in the purpose of oppressing those who are already marginalized. I worry so much to see so much of our current church re-oppressing and re-marginalizing those who God would have brought to the very center of Jerusalem. This should shake up our economy. It should shake up our politics. It should wake us up as a church because we belong to the kingdom of God that it is timeless and universal. We are not bound by boundaries that we call borders. 
God's economy is expansive. God's economy is for all people. And God is in the business of bringing those from the sides, the lepers and the shady border towns, to the middle of God's purpose. And situating them and cleaning them and saying, look at the power of God at work in those who are the most oppressed. And let me prove my point to you. They all come back. And they're praising him. And I love that they're praising God. And, and you know, they're recognizing that this is, this is a God thing. This is not a, a thing of, the, of a, a them thing. And they, one of them comes back. And it's the foreigner. Yeah. It's the foreigner. It's the one that you will not want your daughter marrying. It's the one that you don't want to do business with. It's the one that doesn't believe that God's presence is in the same place where you think God's presence is. This is big and scandalous. These two people have very different theologies. One thinks that God's presence is here. The other thinks that God's presence is here. But it is the foreigner, the one that comes back and praises Jesus. And Jesus says to him, go because your faith has healed you. What's his faith? The faith of the foreigner healed him. Not the system of belief of the other nine, but the faith of the foreigner. I am absolutely convinced that one of the ways that we understand if we are aligned with God's purposes is the way we speak, talk, and treat foreigners in our lands. God has been about foreigners the whole time. And I know the irony, I'm a foreigner saying this. I get that. I get that. I'm also a U.S. citizen now, so... But we, 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 did, we did this in the race and the gospel class that we did two years ago. We saw it in the Old Testament. We see it in Jesus' ministry. We see it in Paul's ministry. God is a God for the nations, not for one single group of people. And when this foreigner comes back and is praising God, and Jesus is praising and affirming the foreigner in his foreignness, Jesus didn't ask him to change his way. He said, he didn't say, okay, go ahead and make yourself a Jew now. And recognize that the God's presence is not there. I think what he understood is that God's presence is everywhere. And it was certainly found in Jesus. In the person of Jesus. This passage is huge. It should challenge us to be a merciful and compassionate community that cares for the most marginalized amongst us. The ones that are trying and can't do it. The ones that society has set up casts and artificial boundaries and said, you live out in Tijuana, this is Kansas. And I wonder how many of us are complicit with this system that keeps others away from God instead of keeping the foreigner and the leper and the marginalized coming to God Worshipping God and being part of God's working and God's economy. God's message for us this morning is hard. It reminds me of last week. God, increase our faith. Increase our faith to treat everyone with such respect and dignity. God, increase our faith. So may we increase our faithfulness in continuing to respect one another. And continuing to holding up the dignity of each other. 
and recognizing that God's economy is way bigger than what we think that God is doing. And that very often, God's work is going to be found at the margins, at the borders, with the leopards, and God is bringing them to the center of God's purposes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we exalt your name for being the healer of lepers. Father, we exalt your name for being the God of foreigners. Father, we exalt your name for doing your ministry in the border towns. May we, may we as a society and as a church be so convinced of your love for all people that we will not utter disgraceful words against others, especially those who are at the margins. May we center the lives of our brothers and sisters who are marginalized and oppressed right now, wherever it is that they are, in whatever positionality that they are, in whatever town that they are. And God, may you continue to do the work of healing for those who are at the margins and bring them to the center, God, of your working and, in your, uh, and of your economy. May we be a community that centers foreigners and immigrants and those who are sick and those who are poor and destitute. May we be a community that is focused on feeding the hungry and on taking care of the orphan. So that we may be conduits of your love, of your grace, and your mercy to all people. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are going to take communion.